Welcome to the Hustle or Bust podcast powered by Paver Art. Our mission is simple, to dive deep into the world of entrepreneurship, small business, and all the success, struggle, and challenges that need to be confronted in the pursuit of growth. We celebrate the entrepreneurial spirit, but perhaps most important, we want you to learn at least one idea that you can put into action immediately to make your investment in time worthwhile. We are honored to introduce Jeff and Alice Fisher and dive into their journey, which is a remarkable tale of grit and never giving up. In 2011, Jeff suffered a severe stroke, which left him partially paralyzed and completely unable to speak. Over the past decade, Jeff and Alice have tackled all the challenges, obstacles, and triumphs that come with rebuilding critical functions that many of us take for granted. Truly an inspiring partnership. We hope you enjoy. Welcome again to the Hustle or Bust podcast, powered by Paver Art, where the old school meets the new school. And boy, are we going to have old school meeting new school today. My name is Mike Bull. His name is Mark Olivito. And we have with us today, Alice and Jeff Fisher. Mark, why don't you start us off because you have the history with Jeff and Alice and we can take it from there. Well, yeah. Well, Jeff, Alice, thanks for joining us. Uh, Jeff, I think we first met each other in maybe 2008 or 2009, right? Yeah. yeah. When we came into each other in the world of meat snacks. So uh, Jeff has been one of my career and life mentors, I would say. He's a uh, He's appropriately titled uh, the old sage. I mean, just a wealth of information. And I believe uh, I, I, I met Jeff in his first career. Uh, and this is what I kind of think of as a second act. And his second act is a hell of a lot more inspiring than his first. And his first was really inspiring. So um, thrilled that you could take the time, both of you, uh, to tell your story. The a little bit hustler bus tries to bring people just like you. Uh, to tell your stories and your story is one hell of one both of you in terms of where you've been over the past decade or so so um jeff alice i'd love for you to introduce both of yourselves and however uh however much detail as you like uh and then we can just dive in more and keep it informal no i'm alice fisher i'm jeff's wife <laughs> and what is it that you want to say what do I want to say? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi, I'm Jeff Fisher, and uh, boy, um, Mark, um, you got to know me in 2008, and um, uh, that was my fifth career, I think, and um, they um, won over it's the sixth career so um thank you um jeff your uh your background obviously your yeah. career is it predominantly in the sales and marketing area yeah mm -hmm. well why don't you talk a little bit about how did you start in the you know education where you grew up go through the i guess the early years of your career well uh, um i grew up in a running pa and um, uh, boy, uh, after I I went to 
Pierce Junior College. And um, that's when I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I, I, um, I guess marketing is really the thing I wanted to do. And, and I took at, uh, I, I took marketing uh, and then I went to uh, a Elizabeth Town College. And um, it was okay. I mean, and I got married um, and now uh, I had um, uh, a little, like Justin is 44 years old. Brendan is 43 years old, maybe. And Trevor is 41 years old. So, um, and then I went back to school at uh, uh, St. Joseph University and uh, for my um, master's degree, but uh, I did that, I did my master's degree at nighttime. Um, and then I went to Penn. And um, and it it really um, um, gave me a, a good knowledge of um, where people um, sit sat in their lives. Sure, you're uh, now. We, let's maybe we fast forward. You is it Bachman Pretzels that you worked at? Yes, yeah, I did. Uh, like for five years, I think. And uh, really, I, I thought that Buckman pretzels was like the thing. And I wanted to <clears throat> from Buckman pretzels. But um, like um, four years ago, uh, four years, um, they were sold. And, you know, so they're mine. And then, uh, so your role with Bob, uh, sales manager, that type of role, or yeah, it, it is. I mean, I started, uh, I started as a trainer, and um, um not a trainer, I'm sorry, a trainee, and um, uh, because they didn't know what to do with me, <laughs> uh, and and my um. Uh, Bill Nauer was um, the um, the president of Helm Product, and and uh, Bill Nauer and and Linda Nauer, uh, we we got um, um, to be friends. So, uh, but they didn't know what to do with me. So uh, they took um, they took me. Uh, I guess I guess I was the uh, sales manager for um, for um, running area of running and Pottstown and um, and that was all right uh, and um, uh, I'm like I became did. Big strip sales matter and regional sales matter. So, um, it, like that was, I don't know, maybe 26. 
And uh, I was going good, you know. And uh, and when we oh, they got sold. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know that. So Bachman pretzels got sold to a big company, one of the big consumer product companies, or they were sold uh, to General Cigar, I think. Oh, okay. I, I think so. Um, and they were, uh, I think they were in New York. Okay. But you know what? I don't know. I don't know um, who bought them after that. Got it. And then I went to a, a, a food records. And then I started my career with Goodmark Foods. Um, uh, and uh, uh, this Slim Jim, Slim, Slim Jim. Uh, and th that's where I get I got started. At. And uh, um, B B um, I went to, um, I started school at night and I was the regional sales manager. Good mark. And then I was, um, boy, I, you know, I had help. Um, then I went to national sales manager. I'm sorry, national accounts manager. Uh, I mean, and um, it, it was unbelievable. I mean, um, and then it got sold. So <laughs> there's a theme there, right? When uh, companies that you work for are selling. <laughs> I'm writing. I'm writing as as we're talking. I'm writing down Jeff Fisher, Kiss of Death. <laughs> Just putting, putting that on there. The, uh, <laughs> of course, uh, and of course, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, I think so too. <laughs> And then I went to uh, Acme Foods, where I, uh, uh, I met Brian Fleming. Um, uh, like two years into it, and that's uh, then I worked for Brian for 25, 26 years, I think. Wow. So yeah. Now. Acme Foods was that Brian's company at that at that point, or no? I respect her owned it. Okay, got it. Yeah, and uh, Brian came in as president, and um, you know what? I I was the only one who have uh, remained. I mean, the only uh, one he didn't fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he made that <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I've got to I've got to bring something up here. This is and this is why I was probably fascinated by this whole story about you too. Um and then there's another I have a question for Alice, but you lived in you went to school in E-town, okay? Mm -hmm. Um the, the the parallels between four specific areas in your life and my life are uncanny. In E-Town was one of my biggest accounts. I had Eminem Mars. Is that right? Yeah, for, sure. for the company I was working for at the time. And it was my single biggest account. It was worth about a half a million dollars a year to me. 
yeah. not not to me, but to the company in 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 uh, in gross sales. Bachman, you were at Bachman for five years. Bachman was also one of my accounts. All the, well, it's when you look at when you look at Pennsylvania, especially South Central Pennsylvania, that is the it's the home of the pretzel. I mean, that's where all the pretzel accounts were, and that's who I called on. And I worked for a company that had a very very special proofing belt that went on the manufacturing lines for pretzels. Uh, so, and Bachman was one of my made until and then yes, they they were sold. The um, St. Joe's is right around the corner where my son, my son in or my daughter-in-law and my two grandsons live. They live in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, sure. And my wife went to Penn to get her master's. <laughs> and, and then you mentioned Pottstown. I didn't see the reference. I, I didn't catch the reference there for Pottstown, but that's where my mom lives. She lives yeah, like just down from there in um, a place called Shenandoah. So this, sure. it's, I'm, you know, I'm feeling very comfortable in this crowd of people. Right? <laughs> but what I want, what I wanted to ask was, with all of this going on, Alice, where did you come into the picture? How did that, you know, how did you, you know, how did you become part of of Jeff's life? So at the time, I was a travel agent, um, and I did all corporate travel, like you know, for a bunch of companies. Sure. And I had known Jeff for a while before that, and I think you were with NASA at the time. Uh, yes. Yeah. So we started talking and he said, you know, he flies around all the time. And I'm like, huh, you have a travel agent. <laughs> so he started calling me and we just started chatting. Um, and then he had to pick up a ticket it was back in the day when you actually had to have a paper ticket. Um, and he said, well, I'll come in and get it. Do you want to go to lunch? And I'm like, okay. So we went to lunch. And as I like to say, we started talking and we really haven't stopped since. I mean, it's just been we were like best friends, like immediately. It was a great connection. So that's kind of how we got together, I guess. Fantastic. <laughs> about, how, about how long ago was that? Uh, that was, well, we, I started doing your travel probably in 1996. Yeah. 95 or 96. Gotcha. And then we um, kind of got together in 2000. So yeah, ninety nine two thousand. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Mark. I'm. I had to interject that. I no, know, that's, that's great. I know you're on a roll. And you go back. To roll. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you were at, so when Alice, you met Jeff, he was working at Now Snack Foods. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then Now's was the company also got sold, right? Uh, yes, to um, uh, <laughs> uh, American Foods Group. Yeah, and then to Monterey. And then that's where we could, so, so you've worked for three or four companies that got sold, which created some level of transition in the life, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Monogram is the company that, Mike, uh, you've heard of Monogram a lot in the past, where I was, I don't know, 10th employee, and they're now, well, north of 1,000 employees. Wow. Um, that was the company where uh, I spent eight years, uh, great eight years with, uh, still keep in touch with a lot of the people, but... Yeah, I think that's one of the themes of when you're in corporate America. Uh, at some point, it's very common what you went through, Jeff. You know, companies sell and that creates all kinds of transition where, you know, you take these companies that could be big, small, doesn't matter. And they try and combine and integrate. And then you've got the cultures are all different, right? <laughs> so they, and they could be. And, and by the way, when companies sell, 
you know, it, it's typically a numbers exercise at a certain degree. They say, all right, they've got a similar brand of what we've got. And then, but what no one ever really gets right is the cultures. And, you know, you've got a great quote, which I've talked about endlessly. You know, what is it? If you want to know how the lion lives, you get to the jungle. You don't get to the zoo, right? Yeah. And that's what companies, I think, struggle with when they look to buy other yeah. companies or acquire them. And they never seem to get the culture exactly right. It's hard to analyze the culture, but it is the most important thing uh, when you're looking at businesses, I think. And what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? No, it, it really is. I mean, if you think of uh, um, like Bachman, um, they went to General Cigar. Well, I mean, uh, come on. Right. That is no good. Right. And, um, and um, it's the same with um, Nows to American Foods Group. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so now Scott sold to American Foods Group, and American Foods Group is a pretty much they just like slaughter and you know sell meat. They don't right. really sell snacks, and it's a totally different kind of business. And right. they just yeah. wanted a, I guess he wanted a hobby or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh my. Shoo. Well, I, you know. Mark, I know you. I know you two worked together for for some time. What were some of the What were some of the influences that you got from Jeff? What, oh. what are the things that you learned from Jeff? This is the stuff that, by the way, this is the stuff that this podcast is all about. We're trying to we're we're we're, we're trying to get into uh, you know the heads of those people that have uh, that are self starters, that are entrepreneurs, uh, that um, you know have made a difference you know, in their businesses. And, and quite obviously uh, you've done that. And I, I, I'm really interested in what, what Mark's, where the influences were for, for you, Mark, from, from for, Jeff. for Jeff. Yeah. The, uh, you know, when we, when Jeff was the key leader of the business that Monogram acquired, so it was, uh, it came with it, a host of brands and Jeff was the head of sales and marketing. So, you know, when you acquire businesses um, at the time, Monogram acquired uh, the key business that Jeff was leading you know, everyone's got a different approach, but my, my approach was always to learn. And, uh, you know, Jeff, you know, certain people you're like oil and water with, that was not Jeff and I, Jeff and I, I think and Jeff, curious on your uh, memory of it, but we hit it off pretty quick. I mean, just, just a very easy relationship. And, you know, Jeff ran a lot of sales meetings. I came in and just learned from Jeff, you know, he was, he was a great motivator natural just a gifted natural motivator natural speaker uh you know uh one thing mike and i were talking about jeff i'm curious i, I always I, I can't place it but i always remember it your love of uh college basketball was it uh was it pete carrill they used to talk about yeah talk a little bit about that i was trying to place because i think that came into a lot of your sales meetings that you were talking about whether it was coaching or leadership yeah and he just died um Maybe August the 15th. Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I, and I only know this because I was also a Pete Carrill fan. No. Uh, my, yeah. my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law went to Princeton. Um, yeah, it, it's just, you know, but anyway, I don't, didn't mean to interrupt you, but go right ahead, please. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. Uh, um, Pete was a, um, uh, a great guy. Um, but he was dis disciplined, very much dis oh, sure. Yeah, and and uh, and I like that. 
but I didn't like enough to carry on through with that. Um, you know, I, I, I think uh, enthusiasm was the, um, the guy um, like Mike Chusef, Chusefzi. <laughs> uh, it's, I know you exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he, you know, he, um, uh, thought of words and basketball to get, to, um, get together. And, and he really did, um, something that, I mean, in enthusiasm, I'm sorry, enthusiasm, uh, self-confidence, poise, um, dependability, and, um, um, and that's your phone, not mine. <laughs> and I'm at work. <laughs> Here, give me that. Alice was uh, Alice was quick to throw that over to you. <laughs> but and determination and those were the key words that Mike Moko K used, um, and and he brought it together really um, big time, really big time, and and. Um, um, and that word, that was a story. I, um, I, I guess it was in two thousand. That was a sto story that um, uh, it had basketball and words, and and uh, and um, you know, and he was miraculous of that. I mean, he really was. Well, you know, Mike, Mike, you asked the question of, you know, what are some of the things that I took, you know, right off the bat, you know, here, here's a guy that I was just starting to get to know, a leader of sales and marketing, a leader of people. Sure. And he starts bringing in Pete Carrill and all these, uh, I think you, you might have referred to it as core values. You were trying to bring in yeah. and instill into the culture of the sales team and marketing team. And I was just lucky enough to come along for the ride and learn it and then figure out how we start to form a team together as a new company. But again, with these cultures coming together. And here you got this great guy, Jeff Fisher, and I'm looking at it and he's talking about core values and he's talking about leading people. And oh, by the way, we happen to sell some meat snacks over here. Right. So it, it, it kind of was interesting sure. that companies coming together, cultures coming together, and we just so happen to be selling products. But it was really the big picture wasn't about the products. It wasn't about the specific, whether it's Slim Jim or what brand of meat snacks. It was about the bigger picture. What are we trying to achieve here? And that tends to be culture. So uh, yeah. Jeff was really one of the first people that started in the context of bringing businesses together. Uh, I was I didn't know it at the time. You know, sometimes you need years away from a job to kind of really get some, uh, I guess, reflection or, or put meaning to what you were trying to achieve at the time. But clearly, Jeff was one of those key people that that started to sink in and uh, it never left me. Well, it's it, it's interesting that this gets brought up because. In the, in the context of what we do here at Paver Art, uh, you know, this podcast isn't selling Paver Art. This podcast is trying to uh, impart some information and knowledge from, from people that have had enough ex years of experience 
uh, to kind of pass it along to somebody that might be able to use it. And that's that's essentially our approach. A lot of it's entrepreneurial. A lot of it is, you know, folks who are self-starters. Um, we, we really use the term around here a lot, work ethic. We try to infuse our employees with that. Um, we've, you know, Mark, Mark bought our business four years ago and that I think he's definitely brought a lot of what he learned from you to us. And it has really made a huge difference in our business. So you should take a bow for that. And the, um, um, you know, the influences that you had, uh, it's, it really has made a big difference in our business here and in, in many different ways, but the but core values. And by the way, did you, did, did I understand you to say that Pete Carrill actually came in and did a presentation? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was, I'm thinking, wow, how did you do that? Did you, did you, did you know, did you know him personally? Jeff's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> I, I did. He actually uh, taught when I, I was in 10th grade, he taught in Reading High School. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Now, and then he went to Lehigh for one year, but then he went to like um, Princeton for 30 years. And I, I got to know him um, when he when he was a teaching me so um, gotcha yeah uh, yeah i mean um i don't you know mark i don't know but you um can uh, uh pete carrill and mike just says mike okay uh, <laughs> and uh um Lloyd, um well, Luke Holt. I mean, th those were the keys that um, uh, that I got. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I taught at um, Lebanon and Valley College, and I taught at Elon University, and I really, and they brought me. Um, I, I don't know. I. I, I I don't know what it is, but I I um, absolutely wants to learn and learn and you know. Well, maybe what we do we we transition out. You know, one at Paver, Jeff and Alice. Uh, you know, our core values are real simple. Uh, three words: grit, grind, hustle. And if you want to add the fourth word in, repeat. And then grit is that word. You know, it's about never giving up. Which you know, you personify that and everything that you've been through. So. If we can kind of set, you know, the background that you gave us, thank you, on your career and kind of some of your experiences. And the last one that you brought up, you know, in, in terms of all of your your adjunct teaching at universities, you know, here's a uh, Mike, and we were talking a little bit about this when we were talking about Jeff trying to prepare. Here's a guy that communication was key. I mean, he was leaders of sales and marketing teams and then teaching kind of for fun and on the side. Right. And so communication was core to everything that you are. Why don't we use that grit and never giving up? Now, if we can talk, Alice, I don't know the, the right way to talk about your, I guess it was a stroke, right? Yeah. Why don't we get into that and, and to take us through that experience and all the struggle and then everything that you've learned going through that. 
I don't know if it, Jeff, is it you or Alice? And then we can kind of go back and forth because no, your, your career is really like, that's the dividing line now, I think, right? Yeah, no, you go ahead because I mean, you, you got me through this, really. <laughs> um, well, he was actually in the hospital having a procedure done when he had the stroke. Right. So, I mean, so I was kind of in the parking lot, didn't really think too much of it. They called me and said, you know, can you come in? I'm like, okay. So I went in and, you know, then they told me that he had a stroke and um, we went through, you know, a night in the hospital where I wasn't sure if he was gonna make it through the night. I mean, it was, it was bad. Um, and then he was in intensive care for a couple of days and they kept telling me, well, you know, he's really, this was really a catastrophic stroke and I'm like, Okay, you know, when you're in the moment, you don't know what does that mean? Like, I was 45. What does that mean? You know, I didn't expect anything like this to ever happen, much less at that age. So, what once he was out of intensive care, I mean, wasn't intubated anymore. I mean, he really could only move like his fingers on his right hand, like a little bit, and that was it. And he could move his right leg a little bit, um, and really couldn't talk. And they just got saying, oh, you know, we're so sorry. He's really not going to get much back. You know, you're really going to have to prepare yourself that this could be it. And I, what, you know, I don't know. So. <laughs> have any of you met Jeff Fisher? So <laughs> um, we were lucky enough that um, Jeff's son, Brandon, was with us um, at the time. Um, he stayed with us and he, we went out and researched some different rehabilitation facilities um, in the area because the hospital was just not cutting it. I mean, I was so frustrated, like on the third day when they started doing rehab and I'm like, this is not good. So we researched it and he actually was able to get him into the stick mm -hmm. center, which is in Winston-Salem. It's like the second, it, at the time, it was like the second best stroke rehabilitation center in the country. Um, so we were really lucky. He was in the brain trauma section, which there are like 12 patients. Wow. Um, so he got really, really, um, great care. Um, and you know, the doctor there was much more, um, upbeat and enthusiastic and kind of, they still were, you know, he's really going to have a lot of deficits. It's going to be a lot of work. And I'm like, uh, we're not afraid of work, you know, just point me in the right direction, you know? <laughs> um, so once he came out of there, that word direction, um, when you come out of the hospital, like I figured people would be calling me and telling me what to do. And yeah, it was crickets. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was like, here's a prescription for voice for speech therapy and one for um, his other therapy, physical therapy. We're done. Bye. And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it's wow, it's crazy. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we started with that. Um, and that got us so far. And it was, he just hit a wall. Um, and luckily we had a, a doctor um actually at the stick center, and he said to me, you know, people with a higher, and it's it's he said it's very strange. People with a higher level of education and a higher drive, you know, when when they worked and they had that that drive to be successful um, rehab better and recover better. Hmm. He said, but he's going to hit walls and you're going to have to push him through those walls. He's going to have to climb up over it. 
and get to the next plateau. And then he's going to hit a wall again. So, and that's really what happened. It was amazing that he was, um, that I remembered it first off and that he was so right. And every time he would hit a wall and he would get frustrated, I'd be like, all right, we have to do something different. Um, and we would, you know, and just think outside the box as much as we could. But this was not a, this was not a 90 day therapy. No, no, and we're still, right. <laughs> it's been 11 years and we're still rehabbing. <laughs> Who was the first, I, this, this, this intrigued me because the, uh, and I'll, I'll, we can touch on this later, but one of the things that really intrigued me when I started looking into the background of aphasia, I have some experience in my own family with aphasia. So I have, I have some background in it. No, we're obviously nowhere near as much as you, but uh, you know, one of the things that keeps coming up, it's not a loss of intelligence. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's, it's, you know, the brain is not gone, but the, uh, you know, but communication you know, uh, is communication is, is the problem. Okay. Speaking, um, uh, you know, uh, when you hear someone else speak comprehension of that, you know, what they're saying, uh, reading, writing, that can be, that can be an issue, which we leads to one of my questions down the road about your book. But, um, that's one of the things that intrigued me. There's no loss of intelligence here. This no. is all about just, you know, trying to regain the whole speaking function. And learning how to, you're basically relearning all of that. That's a, you know, it, talk a little bit. Why don't you two talk a little bit about that? That to me is a, just an astounding accomplishment. You know, um, I, I think it was maybe a week uh, after the stroke. I went to um, a, a computer and, and they said, okay, um, now we're going to go, go use a computer. I said, okay. And I got there and I didn't, I didn't have, I, I'm like, what's, what's that? You know? Sure. And, and, um, and I, I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't write and read. I couldn't write. Um, I can think, and that. But you know, uh, I'll I'll tell you, Mike. When you can think, and um, you you um, there's um, nothing. I mean, I can't. Uh, you know, I can't write. I can't read and I can talk. So, I mean, that, that, that was really, oh my God. The, frustra now, the frustration <laughs> level. Was off the yeah. Yeah. It really is. It really is. And, and but um, I started and uh, um, I don't know. I, I think um, we went to Mara um, Stillman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so I got really frustrated with regular speech therapy. Right. Because all, all they were doing was asking him to say words. Yeah. Words are easy. You can say a word. You can recognize a picture. Funny thing. They showed him a picture of flowers and said, okay, what kind of flower is this? And he was like, he didn't know. He doesn't know what flowers are. I'm like, okay, next page. 
page, next page, you know. <laughs> How about a sports page? We can work with that. Right. Could, <laughs> but could, anyway. could, your, could your hands move? Could you make a fist? Right. They, they, you know, what, do I, what do I know from what, flowers? Get out of here. Right. You know, but anyway. But anyway, I digress. Um, so words were fine, but we needed to get beyond just words. You know, and he doesn't want to just say one word for the rest of his life. He wants you know, at least say a sentence, a small sentence. Sure. So there was a lady in, um, I started digging and there was a lady in Raleigh, which was like 40 minutes from where we lived. Mm -hmm. And she was a speech therapist and a speech coach. Um, and she was starting, her mother had had a stroke and had aphasia and she started what was called um, Triangle Aphasia Project. Hmm. So I called her and talked to her and we had a great conversation and I took Jeff there um, and she started working with Jeff and she absolutely kicked his butt. I mean, she got him rolling because she would not accept just a word and she would not accept just, you know, little things. She wanted him to start talking in sentences and start putting things together and thoughts together and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. she really got him yeah. started um, yeah, she really speaking. You know. how, how long was that after the stroke? That had to be six months, eight months. Yeah. It was six, eight months after the stroke. And Jeff, I remember we were corresponding. You, was it a, a center in Tampa that you went to? Was it a six-week program? At what point was what What did that fit into the whole rehab process? Uh, that was, I went to Mara Silverman. Um, and then uh, I guess... Um, then I went to the aphasia center. And, um, and was that two years in? Yeah. I think that was like two years in, two and a half years in. Yeah. Um, and, and like six weeks. Um, man. <laughs> they, every night I went home and I took a nap because, you know, you work for six hours and like, like, like exhausting, right? Yeah. The, the stress, the stress is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But then I, I um, they gave me a, um, uh, an assignment to do every night. But here's what it is. <laughs> I looked it up. He learned how to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> he remembered how to cheat. I'm, I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing that. <laughs> That's what we call the entrepreneurial spirit. He was supposed to be doing something, so I was in the kitchen. I came in. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And he said. I'm looking this up and he was like, how do I copy and paste this? And I'm like, I'm not telling you that. Was it in, I think in college, we call that an open book. Assignment. <laughs> <laughs> here, here was the other thing they caught him at. And Mark, you would probably enjoy this. He would sit there and they would talk to him and make him, it was usually one-on-one. -on -one, mm -hmm. And they would ask him a question. Well, if he didn't know how to say the answer, he would say, well, 
what do you think about that? <laughs> and he would engage them and get them talking so that now he was, in, he was like interviewing them and get them to talk and it would take up the hour. That is, that is right out of the professional selling skills from, Xero, from Xerox phase two. So that was, that was perfect. He was probing for need. Exactly what he was so, doing. So was this Jeff? What's your frame of mind as you're going through this, the struggle, and you, and you're you're figuring out how to take shortcuts, all the things that we do in life. What's what's going on in your mind in terms of you got to relearn how to communicate, right? Yeah, and and really, I I mean, uh, at that point, um, man, I, I would like say a couple words and that's it you know mm -hmm. and now uh, uh and um then i went up to dr jeffrey marangel uh, and i moved back to pa and, uh, why i'm missing wasn't it yeah yep. Mm -hmm. yep. and now uh, and dr uh, jeff he saw me every week every week and and i mean he wasn't a straight chiropractor he was like man he was he was it um and um he took me for two and a half years wow and and i went to him every week and um and then uh, I said, hey, Doc, I need to move to Charleston. What's my, um, you know, capability I'm doing? He said, okay, well, let, let's see, um, like another three months or six months. And, and, and then, you know, if I can get you, um, then you can go and uh, and I did and then I came down here and I mean it, it like opened the world to me um, Katie Murphy uh, she was in um, NUSC yeah, there's a medical university of south carolina right yeah they've got a stroke what is it a st um stroke and um uh, it's right here no it's a um they do uh research it's a stroke yeah. research center so jeff's been able to do a lot of um participate in a lot of programs there like studies um and one of them was for speech therapy where he went every day yeah. for an hour and that was what eight weeks yeah um, and they were trying to see if doing speech therapy every day was more beneficial than not, you know, or just doing it once a week or whatever. So he was able to take advantage of that. And she really, I, from everything else that he did, it was like perfect timing for him to do that. But I'm um, curious, Alice and Jeff, when you were talking about the, I forgot the, the, the therapist and, and Jeff, you just mentioned a doctor. Did you have to go through a laundry list of people that can kind of get you the help that you needed? Yeah. Was that part of the struggle? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it, it wasn't just like typical things weren't, weren't really helping. So we, he was having trouble. He wasn't talking loud and he was talking as a very, it's some, 
very, um, people with strokes do that. They talk very softly. Um, so he had to get his, his volume back and he wasn't breathing. Like like he couldn't talk for a long time, you know? So I had taken voice lessons as a kid and I'm like, you think maybe you want to take some voice lessons, you know, cause I knew that would get him breathing and get him, you know, opening up the diaphragm and getting some sound come out. Mm-hmm. So he realized that, you know, he had to increase his volume right. and learn how, learn how to do that and use those vocal cords because they kind of get, that's muscle too, sure. you know? Um, so he took voice lessons. What song did you sing? I, I got you under my skin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, blue eyes. <laughs> great song choice by the way yeah, yeah, yeah. so he did that and then his balance was off no, oh, no, and then i want to go on because i i would i oh, yeah. would uh determine to get back in teaching and i could not talk not a lot and uh and i took um dr Charles Taylor, remember that? Yeah. And um, and um, I went to Villanova, and I said, I don't think so. I don't think so. So um, that um, that does it there. But I um, I got involved with a. Um, uh, Philadelphia. The school, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So he kind of figured that he he went to Villanova. They have a senior um, enrichment program where you can take just audit classes. So he did that and realized that he really was not going to be able to teach again, or really wanted to teach at that level again. Um, but then he got involved, and it kind of morphed into something else. He got involved with a mentorship program that they have there. So it's five students um, from different modalities. Um, some are doctors, some are maybe occupational therapists, physical therapists, whatever. Sure. Um, and there are five of them in a group. And then they interview him and he tells them what it's like having a stroke and mm-hmm. what, you know, kind of what he's gone through, kind of what we're doing now, what he's gone through. And, um, and he kind of gets to teach them, you know, what he's gone through, how he's rehabbed, you know, he shows them the video, you know, the website, all different kinds of things. Um, But anyway, so he's been able to do that a lot. Yeah, and really from the time I started that until now, like um, uh, I started that and I really wasn't able to speak. I mean, I I could speak, but I mean, like I was doing um, like, yep, no, yep, no, yep. Oh, you were talking better than yeah, that, but... but but uh and now I'm like um uh, I'm okay now. Jeff, well, if, you, if if you don't mind, I, I just I, I needed to ask this based on what you just said, Jeff and 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 Alice. The um look, there's what are the numbers? There's two million uh good folks in the you know that have aphasia. Yeah. Uh but there's a very small number, maybe 20 or so that have actually regained their ability to speak. Yeah. Am I right about that? I think I'm right, but that's okay. Have you ever had a chance to meet any of those people? Have they 
reached out to you? Have you had a chance to reach out to them? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I took, um, uh, boy, I was in the Moss Rehab. Um, I was in uh, the, um, I can't remember the name either. Yeah. In Princeton. Yeah. Oh. Lingrafica. Yeah, Lingrafica in Princeton. And and uh, I was, I mean, uh, yes, I did, and really, uh, and and I couldn't talk um, like I am today, you know. Gotcha. And um, and neither could they. And uh, I got to meet a doctor, lawyer, uh, uh, like. Every part of America, I I was meeting, and uh, I can imagine that's yeah. you know, yeah, brothers in arms, so to speak. So, um, you know, Mark, if you don't mind, I, I the remarkable part of this story to me, and the more I got into this story, the more I just could not, I couldn't stop digging. This this whole issue with the book, okay. Um, the, again, I have some personal experiences with what you went through. I've not gone through them, but I have a, you know, my sister did, and I saw what my family had to do to get her back to where she could communicate. And the fact that you wrote a book, I mean, that just, that is just way over the top. Uh, you know, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I mean, that that just points to your background, your influences, those folks around you, your wife, all those folks that 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 have, you know, that have helped you along. But your personal I, I just, you know, can you talk a bit about about the journey when, you know, when it came to putting the book together? That's uh, that's just remarkable to me. Um. I guess um, Mary Beth Henderson had um, hired McKinnell, McKinnell, McKinley. Yeah, McKinley Pollard. Okay, so Mary Beth has a marketing company here in Charleston. Um, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. And, and she hired McKinley to, um, like, um, she was an intern. yeah, she was an intern. Oh. And she, work um and she, she um got a degree she have she had got her degree um like this year but I started two years ago, mm-hmm. and, and uh, McKinley, um, and Pollard, and I got together, and I mean, she wrote this book, like, and I'm not kidding. I, I don't know how she did it, but she, I mean, she did it. Yeah, they would get together, so we thought this was going to be like a two-month project easy, no big deal. So 
then COVID kind of hit, mm, sure. um, but they still got together and they got together every week for like a year and a half. And wow. she would just ask him question, questions and questions and she would get answers out of him. Um, and then she just kept notes and I mean, she just did a great job and then she put everything together, you know, from well, the start to, to the finish. Well, the, the patience and the intestinal fortitude it took to put that together had to be just remarkable. I, you know, I think we all at some point in our lives, Mark and I've even talked about it, you know, we should write a book and I sit back and I think about that for 10 minutes and I go, no. <laughs> Next topic. No, not, yeah, it's, I just, I just don't think I, and, but, but I've got, but I've got to tell you. I got to cut the lawn. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's okay. But, but I've got to tell you, it's, it's an inspiration that that book is out there. And that book came together, regardless of whether or not, you know, look, it, it's all input from you. It's all input from Alice. It's all this input. That's, that's just a you know, staggering amount of information. It's, 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 it's really a terrific book, but you know, it's, you know, Mark mentioned it before the, we call it the entrepreneurial spirit. You know, you two definitely have that. There's no question about that. Um, and to me, that book was the nadir of that. That was really, really something special. And congratulations on uh, and being able to pull that off. That's really fantastic. Well, the uh, great video is talk a little bit about your is it uh, Rhapsody? Is it CrossFit? How did that all come into the mix? So, um, Mesa, and I don't know, her last name is Hanoi. Yeah, Hanoi, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, she is a, um, a, a um, physical therapist. So Alice and I live near, um, like, um, in an apartment. Um, so um, Alice said, why don't you get Mrs. to teach you? Because my, uh, like, 2017, my, my, my left arm, um, my right, arm, right arm. Yeah. <laughs> my right arm was really bad, and and I couldn't. I mean, I could, but I couldn't use it. So, um, Mesa came to the gym, and um, she would actually work with me, and. Um, then we went to Rhapsody. Rhapsody is a CrossFit gym. Yeah, here right. in Charleston. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and, and uh, I decided I like this, so uh, and I started to go maybe four years ago, mm -hmm. and, and I, you know, Alice said to me, she said um, that it's. Um, how do you say that? Um, maybe my um, um, you mean everything being all the piece? Yeah. No. Uh, everybody has said to me, um, Okay, well, what's wrong with you? And I would say a little bit, and but um, but then again, um, 
it uh, had to happen. I, I mean, I just think that um, voice uh, okay, my deal with the voice I, I, I yeah yeah that you better since you yeah oh so okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh no problem <laughs> um i i think that since he's gone to rhapsody um and i don't, I don't know if this is where you're going with this yeah. but everything has gotten better like it is a great community the people that are there the, from the coaches to all the people that go there are amazing like everybody's so friendly and helpful and i just think that since he's gone to CrossFit and does the workouts and he's around all those people, like everything is improved. I think it all works together. You know, the physical part of it, having to think about. So for someone that has aphasia, it's a little harder. It takes them longer to do something. Sure. You know, we do it automatically and their brain's a little bit slower to think about things. Mm -hmm. So putting all those things together to have to, you know, lift a weight or do whatever, um, helps has helped him um has helped his brain function to speed up um which has helped his speech to, to speed up i mean it, it just it's weird but it's all fit together yeah i'm and curious it, it's a it's an interesting connection that you're making there it's almost like if you can achieve even or make progress in one area yeah. of life in this case physical fitness it's got to it's got to spill over in some way or if nothing else it helps your confidence a little bit which yeah. is not a bad thing I, that was the next thing it does help the confidence a whole lot yeah well, speaking of speaking of confidence, let's let's talk about the fifteen foot rope. <laughs> yeah, gee, <laughs> I love climbing a rope. <laughs> it's getting down, but I'm not so good at it. <laughs> I that, that I thought that was pretty cool too. Well, it was the funniest thing because I was in a class and I thought, you know what, I am going to climb this, this rope. I've been trying, and I'm like, that's it. I'm going to figure this out. So. There weren't many people in the class. So I thought, okay. And not that anybody ever watches, nobody cares, but sure. you know. Um, so I did it and I could, there were people standing over at the, um, over at the door. And I saw one guy with his, like, when I, I got up the rope and I started coming down, I got down, I'm like, yes, I finally did it. <laughs> and he had recorded the whole thing. And then he put it up, <laughs> like, put it out on social media, but I was so happy. <laughs> That's it, as well you should be. And it's good that you recorded that. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> the, um, yeah, you referred to, it's. they refer to you as the she-beast? Is that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. It's, uh, I'm going to go home tonight and call my wife the she-beast. <laughs> see, how, see, how well see how well that goes over. Right. Uh, well, and that comes from, like, everyone in the gym is, like, 30 or under right. or like, yeah. and here I am like 57 and I'm, you know, yeah. <laughs> doing things. So that's, yeah, it's, you know, again, I've got shoes that are 30 years old. So <laughs> that, we'll, we'll go back to that old joke. But, um, well, that's uh, that interview that you had, by the way, um, on the, um, the Rhapsody podcast, oh, yeah. um, uh, Mark and I listened to the whole thing. It was, that was it was funny it was really really interesting and those people love you too they just you can tell there's a you know they really appreciate your presence at that you know at their gym and coming on that podcast i think they did a really good job so 
The one, yeah. the one uh, story. I don't, Jeff. Do you the what was the whole? Do you remember that vanilla milkshake? Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. The, recount that story if you can, because I thought that was fair. And this was years ago when you sent that to me. That was a uh, 2012. Yeah. Right. I, you know, um, right yeah. after the right after the stroke. Yeah. And that was more. Um, I went to her and uh, oh, okay. I said maybe I'll go to her and I, I think I'll listen to her. And if I do what she tells me to do, I want to get them. It's a to this day. I talk to my friends about that. About you know, what what is it? Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the epitome of getting punched in the face, and now it's like, oh my god, now I got to either. And I think on one of the things you said, it, look, you've got a choice. You either get up off the mat, or you don't. Right? You clearly made the other choice, and then success for you at some point was. God damn, I'm just going to order myself a vanilla milkshake. And until I do that, we're not moving. I think, Alice, you said it well. What was it, the plateau you were talking about? Or yeah. you're going to hit the wall? Yeah. I mean, fantastic, unbelievable story. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you think those influences came from that kind of gave you that that will and that spirit? I mean, I, look, there's, there's Taz, there's your accounting professor, there's all those fellows in your past, but... Was it a combination of all of them, or was there a couple of special folks? What, you know, how do you respond to that? Um, I think it was uh, Al Tesnetti. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, he died when, boy, um, like 1989. And, um, but he was an inspiration to me that nobody can be you know wow and uh i wasn't he the fellow that said uh drive slow yeah yeah because you had a tendency to drive fast but <laughs> but, but the but i think the meaning as i think the way it was explained where i read it was drive slow you're going to learn more you're going to absorb more you're going to get a chance to see what's going on around you 
yeah. as opposed to driving so fast that you, you know, you're missing all of that. Yeah. You know? and, and really, and, and that's what he said. And I, I mean, um, but um, he smiled. Um, why? Why is it that I can't smile? So I didn't smile. That's maybe that's the key. So and and I don't know. I he taught me a whole lot. And um, yeah. Now it's, it sounds like he was a fantastic influence, and uh, um, uh, I. You know that the the parts that I read on that and the um, by the way I had to, I had to laugh too it's, I can't yeah you know, there's just so many parallels I was an accounting major in college I never had an accounting professor whose name was even remotely close to Tony Falcone I mean Tony Falcone <laughs> is, your, is your the name of your accounting professor. Uh, one of your accounting professors in college, and all I could think of was The Sopranos. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> how, does, how is that? I just, I just could not make. Sorry, Mark. I just, could not, I just could not make. I just, I just, I was having real trouble with that. The um, anyway, I, uh, I, I was, uh, you know, one of the things I had mentioned before, and this is probably the last thing I'll refer to because it's a. Uh, you know, it's it's it it's kind of emotional for me. But at the same time, when I learned that you had aphasia and you both went through this together, I, you know, my sister, who's two years younger than I am, she's 67 uh, now. Um, when she was born, she was born. Um, uh, there was some brain damage when she was born during her birth, whatever, whatever the specifics were. She wasn't diagnosed with she was diagnosed with expressive aphasia uh, in 1961 when uh, when she was six years old. And what you've experienced now, and Alice, what you referred to earlier about, okay, here's your prescription. We're done. Yeah. Good luck. Imagine what it was like in 1961. And the uh, the the articulation of this, situation what my sister had there was nothing virtually virtually nothing yeah now, now the fact that you're from the pa area um in paoli there's a very very special school called the vanguard school i don't know if you're familiar with that or not but that's where my sister wound up going and back in the 60s they were doing tremendous work they were really the only place to go if you had you know um, you know, if you had that kind of challenge in your life and, but, but anyway, to make a long story short, um, uh, you know, Alice, what you were doing for, for Jeff, when he was going through the whole process of rehabbing and relearning, uh, I saw that every night with my mother, with the, you know, with the, with the cards, uh, you know, teaching my sister had a mouth, you know, not words, but, uh, the mouth letters, how to pronounce the letters. Uh, and it just, you know, and her growing up and going through all of that and people just not knowing that this has got nothing to do with intelligence. It's got everything to do with communication. And the day I learned that my sister was smarter than me 
<laughs> was a was a huge and massive day in my life. I don't think I've ever been so depressed ever. <laughs> and I, I tell her this to this day, and she just she just laughs and she gets it. She absolutely understands it. But the um, you know the effort that it takes, not just from the individual, uh, Jeff. I know that's it's a it's a massive massive job that you have to go through to, 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 to rehab in this type of situation, but the folks that are around you that, uh, that also have to make a commitment to do that. That's so important. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, can you speak to that a bit? Well, um, you know, um, I, I, I guess it was you and me. Yeah, it was it was it was the two of us because we lived in North Carolina. Like the closest relation we had was my brother, who was three hours away, and he had his family, you know, wow, with little kids, yeah. and my the rest of our family was all back in Pennsylvania. Sure. So it was really just the two of us. Yeah. And we, I mean, Jeff likes <laughs> one of Jeff's things that he always said to me is that I'm a rockhead. He always calls me a rockhead, <laughs> and I am. Like when I get an idea, and I want, I don't stop. <laughs> like a little dog with a bone, but that's how we had. I had to be, and I couldn't be. Yeah. Like I, it was almost like people would see us and they would think that I was mean, because we were in the airport one time. Funny story, true story. We had gone. We went back to Pennsylvania. So you know, you have to take off your shoes, your belt, you know, all the stuff. So this was back with Mara. She said, and she, I never talked for him. Like I made him talk if, and I'm not a full sentence, but if he wanted something, he had to ask for it and he had to talk about it or whatever, sure. because it, me saying it didn't help him, you know, um, me help. And now, you know, I walk in front of him on the steps and that kind of stuff, but I wouldn't hold his arm. I wouldn't hold his hand. You know, I make him do things on his own. So we were at the airport and we went through security and I was letting him dress himself. Well, if you would have seen the mean looks I got, he was trying to put his belt on and he was struggling. And I was just standing there waiting. I, it looks kind of killed. I, we were in Philadelphia. I would have been dead. Because you know, those people are mean to begin with. But that's so, right. yeah, it's such a, it's what's such a friendly city. <laughs> but that's what I had to do. And that's how we've always been. I mean, we've always, always, you know, just kind of, and I'll harass him about like not using his right arm and just different things just to get him to think about it and to do it. And, you know, people will hear it and look at me like, what is wrong with you? And I'm whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> it works. They don't, they don't get it and they don't understand. They don't, they don't understand. Yeah. But, but that's, it's, you know, but it's again, to both of yours credit that, you know, you just keep going forward, just keep going forward, yeah. just keep saying yes. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. That's that. It's just fantastic. I think so. we did a uh, we did a podcast on the importance of spouses in a small oh, yeah. context. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, Mike calls it bull ink. Him and his wife Bev, and I'm the same way with my wife Kim. I mean, it's you two have taken that to a whole different level because <laughs> <laughs> you had to team up and have that tough love in the airport. I was listening when it worked. You know, it'd be interesting though. I bet you the three of all the all three of them, my wife Bev, your wife Kim, and and Alice would probably be great friends. They would probably oh, sure. get the they, They've got a lot in common in the fact that they've had to put up with the three of us. <laughs> yeah, and it really is to this day. It is just. Jeff and I, I mean, we do everything together. We do, 
that. And yeah. it, the, we rely on each other. Yeah. Right. That, like I don't rely on anybody else because except him. Right. We're it, you know, <laughs> right. gotcha. I've absolutely understood. How many dogs? One, one, just Mia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. We always has two. We usually had two. Yeah. yeah. Our last dog was Hannah. She, she was in, um, yeah. she was, I don't know if you ever saw her picture. She was in a wheelchair. Mm. So she had been in a car accident when she was five. Got um, yeah. And lived to be 13 and a half. Wow. <laughs> the so, the yeah. rear legs in a wheelchair? Yeah. She was, she had to use a wheelchair. She wow. couldn't use back legs at all. That's wild. Um, but she just died in February. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. But now we have Mia. She's two. So. Yeah, they're fun. They 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 bring. We we just got COVID dogs, two puppies, uh, oh. and they're they're two years old. But they really do add a totally different dimension to a family. Yeah, and and they're so well behaved too. Just... <laughs> <laughs> a, a quick my my funny dog story because no matter we just haven't trained them the way they should be trained. I'm I'm standing outside on my driveway, and a next door neighbor comes over with their dog. <laughs> and and I'm holding Bruno, his little pug, right? Can't be more than 15 pounds, 20 pounds. Mm. She she turns white. And I'm like, did I say something wrong? And she she goes, uh, Bruno is his name. Uh, Bruno just lifted his leg up and peed on your foot. And <laughs> <laughs> so, clearly, we've got behavioral issues with my dog. <laughs> uh, Yes, yes, but we love them. We love, <laughs> we love our dogs. We love our dogs. The, um, well, well I, it's, Mark, I got to tell you, I've, I've, I have enjoyed every minute of this, and I, I, I think I've exhausted just about everything that I wanted to ask about yourself. Yeah, look, I, I can't thank Alice and Jeff uh, enough for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I think you guys are the epitome of what we're trying to do, which is add a little bit of motivation to people and idea and uh i can't wait to read your book when we get it now i'll i'll say this uh, uh to, to put a uh to put a period on it for me i one of the lessons that i was taught by my dad and my, my dad must have said this 50 times to me if he said it once uh always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you yeah. and i haven't had a problem with that yeah. so uh, but surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. And I can say without a doubt, I'm, I'm very happy to add Jeff and Alice, you know, to that roster. You, you folks have, um, you folks have, uh, inspired me. I have to tell you, you've inspired me. So thank you very much. Thanks. And thank you for being part of the podcast. Yeah. Thank you for having us. It was fun. Yeah, me too. I, I love it. I really did. We almost forgot. We have to do, this is shout out number oh. 98. Dominic Olivito is the producer of this podcast. It's 98. We keep, we're keeping count for some reason. I have no idea why. Well, listen, we'll uh, we'll let you go. Thank you both for all the time that you gave us. Mark, yeah. Thank you. And Mike, thank you. Yes, thank you so oh, much. Absolutely. Our, certainly our pleasure. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And look, Jeff, we'll talk soon. Alice, it was a wonderful experience meeting you as well. Yeah, good. nice meeting you. Okay. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye, man.